Hey everybody, me and Ethan have recently decided that since we have no way of monetizing this podcast, and let's be clear, we need to monetize this podcast, that we're going to start opening up the beginning of our shows to advertising slots. So uh, we're also not going to vet them, so hopefully they're good. So here's the first of our new series of uh, advertisers. They're going to pay us money. Uh, click on the, on their advertising link below to to get fifty percent off whatever they're offering, and also give us a cut. Uh, thanks. Here's the ad. Hi, I'm Chut Fundley, and I'm Dan Normal. And now we're here to ask: Has this ever happened to you? I just have too many babies. None of my children are reaching peak market efficiency. I wish there was some sort of baby that I could try out before getting one of my own. Gerber Baby just isn't hiring anymore. It's like the economy has collapsed for the working baby. I want to have a sixth child, but I don't know. Will they be able to support themselves? If any of these things have happened to you... We have the solution for you and your babies. Introducing Baby Share. That's Baby Share, spelled B A I Y S H A R. The app that lets those busy parents rent out their children for people who just want to try it first. Simply enter your child's age, weight, name, and social security number, and you are ready to go. Race is optional. Try out our app with an impressive 107% satisfaction rate. It's so satisfactory, it's hard to beat. We all have a situation nowadays where we just need a baby, but maybe only for a night or two. We have such solutions as two babies, twins, gay baby, black baby, baby with an attitude, and many more. Get on the app today and turn that diaper rash into cold, hard cash. Now here are some testimonials. I haven't seen my baby in three weeks, but I'm $50 richer and never been happier. My baby was returned in approximately the same way it was sent out. If you're short on cash but high on babies, this is a great way to square that circle. I don't like my kids, so I just don't even have them sent back. I love my child. Oh God, oh what have I done? I love baby share because if you share your babies and your babies have babies and they share their babies, all that money comes back to you. Now, if you share out five babies and your babies share out five babies, that's basically like you sharing out 25 babies. Baby share! It's something you can do. drink the rest of my coffee <laughs> yeah get, get welcome nice to needless mic, noise yeah. folks get uh your one-stop shop for uh coffee asmrs uh that's a that's a french press by the way um it makes a difference from for the, the asmr head oh from the slurp yeah, yeah you want to you want to yeah you take you want to get another the slurp texture is very different yeah you can tell that was prenched prenched <laughs> Pressed. <laughs> Frenchly. Prenched. Pressed Frenchly. <laughs> Meatless noise, folks. You know, we just 
we on this podcast, we're just like you. We're just like the working class. We wake up, you know, we put on an abstract uh, noise uh, jazz record. Uh, we, we do a French press. And then we uh, we do our weekly podcast, just like everyone yep. else in the world. Yes. We make he jokes once, we make jokes only once. <laughs> yeah, we never do a second take of a podcast no. because we did a news segment where uh, we don't know the news, actually. <laughs> and your co-host calls you out for it. <laughs> Needless noise, your coast-to-coast podcast about music and leftism. Welcome, guys. Episode 20. The, the, yes. The aluminum episode. Hopefully I haven't your, already made that joke. <laughs> your podcast always actively trying to be taken down by the feds. Yeah. Every I mean, day they just we fight them just keep deleting off. our recordings and they keep making us do bad takes, man. Cointel Pro, man. They're they're really good. <laughs> they edit they edit our voice. They have like a voice synthesizer. Anything they make us say that, that we're big poo-poo pee-pee heads in our, <laughs> in our recordings. Anything that can. you've ever heard that you were like, I didn't like that opinion. That was not actually our opinion. That was, that that was, was the FBI. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Chapo Trap House. We will not distinguish between the two. Speaking of the FBI. (laughs) Speaking of the FBI, though, what are we talking about today, Alex? Are we we doing the news? Yeah, fuck the news. The news doesn't matter. Elon Musk. Elon Musk got fucked by the SEC. Not as hard as he should have been. I mean, they should have just gunned him down in the street, but... Yeah, Elon Elon Musk has to step down from chairman of Tesla because he made a, a meme joke with the weed number, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. It's funny how like uh, like the the kind of classical structural liberal institutions are able to stop people from posting. I mean, this is Elon <laughs> Musk is big, but I mean, like this is very similar to the uh, fucking Martin Scarelli thing. You're not allowed to post. Like, you're allowed to kill people and uh, destroy a global um, proletariat with terrible, um, you know, labor practices and all that. But if you meme too hard, you will literally go to jail and or be fined $20 million. Like, it's incredible. Like, he should be in jail for a lot of other stuff. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Same thing with Martin Scarelli, but they're always hit with fraud by the SEC. It's really funny. And then people like Jeff Bezos, like, grind people into a paste so that he can mail packages faster for some reason. And just nothing happens. It's honestly incredible. But, yeah. Are you you still there? Hello? Yeah, hello. Oh, sorry. Like the white noise in in your on the phone call just like went away um yeah well we'll just cut this last part out um no it's all it's, it's, it's raw, all going baby. <laughs> one take yeah no, i love the people that don't hello H- hello yeah <laughs> it's just like halfway through there? a point <laughs> oh my gosh sorry yeah. i was just trying to figure out what exactly the sec is doing to elon musk but it doesn't who cares they're they, Fuck that guy. they banned him from being a chairman on any company i believe or maybe it is just tesla and they fined him for 20 million dollars um and you know what folks he's fine yeah, he, he in three years he's gonna make a new company and it's gonna be called uh, Tesla Two in parentheses <laughs> and uh, nothing will change. It's gonna be called uh, Edison and yeah. 
<laughs> he'll make cars that run on direct current. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna make cars that run on juiced elephant oil. <laughs> hope y'all. I hope y'all know what we're talking about right now. Because if you don't, you're gonna be very confused at these. Yeah, last if you don't, jokes. you haven't watched Bob's Burgers. And let's admit that's <laughs> the only reason any of us know that. <laughs> I yeah. know before I'd seen a dramatic recreation on National Geographic. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. You're really fucking cool, <laughs> NPRS nerd. Um, <laughs> learning things when you don't have to. Who learns things outside of watching cartoons? Morons. That's who. <laughs> Speaking of morons, though, the FBI. Agreed. Yeah. They're back at it again, folks. <laughs> They're funding art. Who knew? We're steel. <laughs> What are we talking about today, Alex? I love <laughs> everybody's like, oh, are they still in the news? Are they talking about the like Supreme Court thing? No, oh, they're talking no. about something else. Wow. No, that's not important. The FBI does the FBI does other things. <laughs> not important. <laughs> yeah, I love like what's the important news thing that happened this week, folks? The guy we don't like got fined, and yeah, nothing else. Yeah. That's it. And nothing else. <laughs> yeah, this Kavanaugh shit's like insane. Um, <laughs> It's, it's that's not what this fucking wild. About. I mean, yeah, it's not what this pod's about, but like, we might as well comment on it. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to get... I think... So at this point, when this podcast is being recorded, the Kavanaugh mm. vote um, has been delayed for a FBI investigation um, for, I think, a week. I think literally seven days. Um, yeah. Seven days at most, which means that it could it could end at any time and they could vote on it. Yeah, and I mean... Not to be like a, a pessimist here, but like, um, I think the regardless of like the testimony, because the testimony was insane, like, I've literally never seen a more guilty person in my <laughs> life <Just> sweating and <laughs> screaming and, and yeah, just... drunkenly rambling. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, no, no testimony, no good testimony from an innocent person ever begins <laughs> with, okay, so no one has seen this statement yet. <laughs> When I saw that, I was watching it live. I was like, holy shit, he's about to pop off on these motherfuckers. (laughs) And he's literally like, it's a Soros Clinton campaign to smear my name. Yeah. I believe her allegations. It's like, yeah. I love when I'm, uh, yeah, accused of sexual assault and I go off on how uh, my name has been tarnished and all the problems that have happened to me looks really good. (laughs) But yeah, so there's going to be an FBI investigation um, a week at most. And not to be a pessimist, because this is obviously not the outcome that I want, but I think probably what's going to end up happening is that... The investigation doesn't find any hard evidence because it can't because it happened 30 years ago, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's um, literally impossible basically. And that will give conservatives and, you know, the the right-wing democrats um enough leeway to be like, well, they can't prove it and we're going to vote for them, you know, because of yeah. decency or something. And it's probably going to go through, which would be tragic. I mean, it would it I mean, this is basically going to be a humiliation either way for the Republicans. Um, yeah. And I think that's why he 
is going to get in because they're either going to be humiliated that they tried to elect this guy and then he was a oh surprise surprise a huge fucking rapist and sexual assaulter um (laughs) and they nominate him that would be a, a massive humiliation or they don't get the nomination and that's a humiliation in and of itself however with um option one they get to basically totally rewrite the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> so I think I think they're going to go with that humiliation, yeah. you know? Yes. yes. Uh, no, I think I'm a big believer in long-term optimism, short-term pessimism. Yeah, I and that's the that's thing. The only Republicans way to don't view give the a world right fuck. Now. They don't give a fuck about optics, you know? No, they they, all they care about is power. They're, they all know that they're they're all rapists and sexual assaulters and criminals on every single fucking level. Why would that fucking change now? Why did they? They don't they don't give a, a fuck about public opinion, you know, because their base doesn't give a shit what they think or what they do or the crimes yeah. that they commit. You know, they're white. Well, they've men. always they're good to go. They've always uh, they've always been very unpopular in this country. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, insanely they, they, unpopular. They at this point have perfected being unpopular and still being in power. So what do they care if they get yeah, more unpopular? All they, the only thing that they pursue is the execution of power, and uh, yeah, fucking tragic. And they're at it again. And uh, so, yeah, no, I think I think he's gonna get in. I, I, yeah, I, I think, think that he's gonna Flake is in. just doing all this shit to basically go back to his voters and be like, "Well, I tried." I don't know what Flake sounds like, but uh, yeah, no one does. I, <laughs> I imagine him just emitting white noise with an open mouth, <laughs> yes. and people go As- like, "Yes, for civility." <laughs> As like a just a small like liquid turd leaks out of one pant leg, like, I tried, I tried, I I wanted to see justice done, but uh, nothing nothing came up, so I had yeah, to. Yeah, the vote Republicans for were really really okay with this investigation, which is not a good sign for yeah, no, the, that's the fact the that idea okay of the justice, like it, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and like they put a lot of like limitations on what the FBI can look at. Like it's it's just it's it's just an excuse to let people feel like like let Susan Susan Collins feel okay voting for it. Yeah, it's it's just gonna uh, give everyone a pass to be like, well, we did everything and nothing came up. So, yep, it's so, a classic. He said, <laughs> she said, he screamed. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so that's news. Fuck. Yeah, that's the news, folks. And we just played out. But yeah, speaking of the FBI, Alex, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, Ethan, we're talking about uh, the FBI and, and more the CIA uh, mm-hmm. and how they combined with art in the Cold War to bum, do some stuff. Bum, bum. <laughs> they what? <laughs> they hijacked what you think of as popular art. To mm. to make I, I, well we'll see what we'll see what it was for. <laughs> they funded the Rolling Stones, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think shelter? the stone was rolling? Yeah, <laughs> into Soviet Russia. Bullshit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rolling over the Czar, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid ass bullshit. <laughs> Gather, Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Yeah, <laughs> and the moss is communism. Yes. Yeah. So, Comrade Moss, we are talking today about. I mean, something that I've kind of known about um, 
vaguely it's it's one of those things there's a lot of like weird leftist things where you you kind of see it in like a twitter post that someone's talking about something else they're talking about cointel pro and then like at the very end they'll be like google jackson pollock and the cia and you're like what the fuck and instead of just telling you you know what happened you end up having to go on these ridiculous google searches um but one of the things that i I remembered as we were kind of talking about what we should talk about today um, we were talking earlier before the podcast about, um, you know, abstract music and art for art's sake and like, um, I don't know, just a lot of things about like accessible music and what it means to be accessible and inaccessible and what that means. And I kind of remembered this weird thing about how the CIA funded Jackson Pollock during the <laughs> Cold War. Um, and we found this, I found this medium piece, um, literally titled how Jackson Pollock and the CIA teamed up to win the cold war. And I figured we'd go through it and kind of just comment on this. And I have some takes loaded, locked and loaded, ready to go. So Alex, do you want to read from this article? I do. And then, and then we might extrapolate a little bit to the, to the modern day. Yeah, exactly. And see how this is, yeah. And see how this has affected like the way that we culturally talk about art which obviously this article goes into and how that affects like music at large and that sort of thing. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Ethan mm-hmm. from, uh, 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 Michael R. McBride, mm. um, how Jackson Pollock and the CIA teamed up to win the cold war. Unlikely belted fellows, ironic subterfuge and the American left. Yeah. Unlikely bedfellows. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the left and irony? Yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> all right, so he begins. I could do that. We've all thought it, whether out loud or in secret, standing in the hallowed halls of museums of modern art across the world, witnessing the violent, glorified entropy of abstract expressionism. An art form defined by lack of form, it has become an easy target for both scorn and idolatry. It is the butt of so many jokes and yet produced three of the ten most expensive paintings in history. What began as a rejection of ideology has become an ideology all unto itself. Modern Uh art requires a certain faith. Uh Where have I heard of that before? (laughs) Yeah. There are those who get it and those who just simply don't. And this is where, yeah, obviously within the first, like, you know, three or four sentences, it's kind of revealed where this is going. An ideology, um, a rejection of ideology has become an ideology unto itself. Uh, literally modern neoliberalism. Yes. Yeah. Um, we don't we have continue. to ha- believe in anything. We just have to manage what we have. Yeah, guys. We do- what believe in things? Why? That's so ugly. <laughs> Why when you've got norms? Yeah. Norms. But anyways, continue. <laughs> Folks. Norms. Uh, <laughs> so at the advent, advent of abstract expressionism, so many vowels, so many yeah, right. hard vowels, why did the CIA want people to get it so badly? This may seem like an odd question. In the early 1950s, folks had much greater criticisms for abstract expressionism than the fact that it looked easy to make. Remember, this is the height of... Height Remember, this is the time of gray suits, white picket fences, and McCarthyism. Harold Harvey, Los Angeles councilman, declared, Modern art is actually a means of espionage. If you know how to read them? Modern paintings will disclose weak spots in U.S. fortifications and such crucial constructions as the Boulder Dam. What the fuck? I I just love, like... That seems uh, like a note that you would find in Fallout 3. (laughs) Like... 
the way he's splattered on this, the red paint on the side means that uh, at the coordinates 34 west and 18 east, uh, 34 <laughs> feet up the Boulder Dam, we'll find the weak explosive spot. It's Take like the it whitest kids you know skit <laughs> where he's like, it's not illegal for me to say that you should set up a mortar on the top of this hotel to take out the president. Because <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> George Dondero, a Republican from Missouri, made a similar proclamation on the floor of Congress. All modern art is communistic. <laughs> In the 50s, folks. If only, right? If, yeah, right? This paranoia would rapidly become policy when, in 1947, the State Department withdrew a touring exhibit of modern art that had sponsored titled Advancing American Art. A congressman Oops. made the argument that this exhibit was an attempt to tell the foreigners that the American people are despondent, broken down, or are of hideous shape. <laughs> <laughs> folks, folks, you ever felt like you're in a hideous shape? Well, I'll tell you why. It's modern art, folks. That weird protrusion, folks, that's modern art. It's good. The sh- I, I meant the show. <laughs> Folks, you're communist now. The show was canceled, and the State Department issued a directive that it would no longer financially sponsor any art produced by those with leftist connections, even of the second degree. And uh, now, these days, so we just don't fund art uh, at all. So, yeah. square the circle so, on that one. So, yeah, this, this sets up this interesting look into, like, this is classic, you know, American, uh, re- like, reaction, Basically, there's this thing, it's new, it's ugly, it's, you know, dense and abstract, so therefore we hate it, and it's communist, right? And th- this is, like, what we understand. This is, like, um, the the way that we look at, like, the state and its, or specifically, like, Republicans, um, typically how they respond to, you know, growing art movements in general. However, mm. it's about to take a turn. It's about to become, you know, the very underground, like, Cointel Pro shit um, that I think the U.S. government actually does. You know, on its face, it says, oh, we hate these things. This is communism, blah, blah, blah. We won't even touch it, you know. But this is, we're about to get in how it actually works. Yes. And the story of the government's connection to the art form could have ended there. See, nearly all avant-garde artists at the time had flirtations with the left. Jackson Pollock worked in the communist workshop of Mexican muralist David Alfonso Sequeiros. Adolf Gottlieb mm-hmm. and William Baziotes were communist activists. <laughs> that I refuse to be corrected. That is how you say his name now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one could forgive McCarthyites for seeing only red in the palette of abstract expressionism. See what he did there? That was, that was good. Mm-hmm. But the CIA saw, to go, saw an altogether more colorful picture. In the same way the Soviet Union standardized language, education, and industrial production, it similarly standardized art. By Stalin's directive, there was only one aesthetic which was acceptable, socialist realism. And continue this to, to, to this day, there is, that is the only acceptable art. <laughs> yeah. I will not look the proclamation was made. Yes. <laughs> I will not buy your brand unless your logo is socialist it realism. It must venerate the proletariat. <laughs> Which we're joking, Soviet- but like, what? Yeah, what is? What does it say? <laughs> During the Soviet Congress, nineteen thirty-four, acceptable art was defined as this: one, proletarian art relevant to the workers and understandable to them. <laughs> Goddamn morons! Two, typical <laughs> scenes of everyday life of the people. Three, realistic in the representational sense. Four, partisan, supportive of the aims of the state and the party. Which this the really se- wouldn't make any sense to anyone who's seen like late Soviet architecture. <laughs> <laughs> would make sense or wouldn't? Oh, it wouldn't. Like all the <laughs> all the late brutalist shit is like insane and abstract and these like 
really perplexing concrete structures. <laughs> yeah, they it's a little, little is a brutalist commentary for for all my brutalist fans out there. <laughs> um. The CIA noticed one very crucial fact about abstract expressionism. It was the polar opposite of socialist realism. Donald Jameson, former CIA agent, says, We recognize this was kind of an art that did not have anything to do with socialist realism. Moscow in those days was very vicious in its denunciation of any kind of nonconformity, so one could quite adequately and accurately reason that anything they criticized that much and that heavy-handedly was worth support in one way or another. More than that... Stop right here. Oh, um, yes. Just to kind of talk about, because we, we, we've really gone over a lot here, and I think it's the the idea is starting to form, but like the Soviet realism, or the, the socialist realism thing is very interesting, because I feel like this is where like a lot of modern arguments about like um, communism come from, this idea mm-hmm. of like, we'll look at Venezuela, that's socialism, do you want that? You know? The FBI or the CIA was looking at this very Stalinist depiction of what art was, which obviously, like I said, with brutalism towards the end of the Soviet Union, you would see that this was obviously not really the case at large. There were people working against this within the Soviet Union, against these like you know the four tenets of what yeah. art was acceptable. But you kind of see how the argument is being set up. You have American reaction to modern art because the artists are vaguely communist, vaguely leftist, which like has been true of every period in the United States up until now. Every artist is vaguely leftist. You know, because yeah, it's the it's cool just... thing it's the cool thing to do. It doesn't actually mean that any of these people are communists. You know, yeah, like fuck Jackson Pollock is not a fucking communist. I'm sorry. You know, anyways, going back to this. Well, it is interesting because it's it's sort of it it is indicative, I think, of like the confusion that a lot of people have because Stalinism is so particularly authoritarian and a lot of people's minds like socialism and communism is this like authoritarian. Like there are four rules of art and you can follow these rules. You you cannot do it or else you're going to get the gulag. Yeah, no. Which which is not an accurate view of leftist critiques of art in any way. (laughs) Yeah, like this, like this isn't like what we typically think of as like uh you know, expressionist, leftist, um, anti-authoritarian art. Like, there's no fucking rules of art. You know, there's we, no one follows this bullshit. This is just Stalinist nonsense. And so I think it's important <laughs> to kind of look back at these things that we can understand, like, where to go in the future and not make the mistakes <laughs> the phrase, of the fucking uh, past. The phrase Stalinist nonsense just got us 80,000 downvotes. <laughs> my new noise band the stalinist nonsense hi folks welcome welcome to your coast to coast podcast uh needless Stal- stalinism stalinist nonsense <laughs> needless st- oh boy yeah okay, so um but it, i think it's important to look at like how stalinism and like this idea of socialism was so easy to like you know, kind of be undermined by American, you know, by the, by the CIA because the CIA doesn't really have an ideology. All they're all they're really seeking is like is power and control, and so they were able to do a you know total one eighty of what the you know the American cultural idea of art was, and go yeah. from you know this pure reaction to oh we can support anything, and but I we think could use this. 
Yeah, and I think going forward, I haven't read this entire article, but they're probably going to get into the fact that all these leftist artists who were funded by the CIA, surprise, surprise, weren't actually leftists. And so the CIA was able to, you know, get in there and change the way that art was in the United States because no one actually had a real ideology. But continue on. Hey, so uh, more than that, abstract expressionism was fundamentally American. Born in New York City, there was nothing else like it in the world. There was a cowboy element to it. Jackson Pollock, for instance, was born on a sheep farm in Cody, Wyoming, slinging paint from the hip like a six-shooter. Oh, my God. It was loud, brash, unrefined, and un- unapologetic, much like America. Oh, my God. That, uh, can we, I'm going to forget that I read that. <laughs> Did not like any of that. Scrub. Yeehaw! <laughs> slinging paint at these gosh darn varmints. Howdy, partners! I'm just <laughs> slinging some paint, some abstract expression. <laughs> I let the sheep trample the 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 the, the freaking uh, can. Draw folks. your paintbrush, folks. <laughs> it's abstract. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, due to the aforementioned ban instituted by the State Department, this abstract expressionism had to be supported in covert. covert so be supported in covert through several degrees of separation. I'm not sure that's how you use that word, but that, I'll, we'll give it a pass. Mm. Soon the CIA found the ideal conduit for resources, the Museum of Modern Art in New York. What? What? Nelson Rockefeller, president of the museum and son of its founder, had various agency and government connections. He was coordinator of international American affairs in World War II, heading the wartime intelligence agency for Latin America. <laughs> and, and, mm. Completely, uh, completely normal history yeah. that America has yeah, post yeah, World War com- II Latin America. Yeah, <laughs> he was a trustee of the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, a New York think tank subtra- subcontracted by the government to study foreign affairs, and through which much of the CIA's financial support of the new art would be laundered. A Rockefeller? No, <laughs> laundering. <laughs> He would go on to be appointed Eisenhower's special advisor on Cold War strategy, chair a committee overseeing CIA covert operations, and eventually become governor and vice president. Really? Yeah. Uh, A museum owner uh, connected to capitalism and imperialism? (laughs) What? The museum's board was a who's who of CIA connections. <laughs> William Burden chaired the CIA's Fairfield Foundation. Ren DeHanacourt worked with the CIAA, whatever that is, and reported regularly to the State Department. Nearly everyone involved at the museum had government connections, whether in the State Department, Foreign Service, or CIA. In 1952, the CIA, through the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, gave MoMA a five-year grant to fund the international program, loaning out so many of the museum's paintings to Europe entities that New York New Yorkers began to complain of an empty museum. In 1956, 33 full international exhibits had been organized for abstract expressionism, a remarkable and unusual feat. Uh, America's new artistic export caught on rapidly, displacing many European styles and succeeding in its mission of, of ev- oh boy, evangelization. Evan- evangelization, there we there go, we by force, show, and money. One anecdote seems particularly apropos. In 1960, at the exhibit... Oh, boy. Antagonismes. <laughs> sure. Oh, Some big roadblocks in this, uh, in this article. All the CIA talk is, is my body is reacting. Um, <laughs> at this exhibit in Paris, movers had to saw off the top of the museum entrance door to carry in the large Pollock canvases. Jesus Christ. 
In the same year, John Candidate reflected that an unknown artist trying to exhibit in New York couldn't find a gallery unless he was painting in a mode derived from abstract expressionism. Adam Gopnik would later state that the monolithic artistic dominance of the art form had forced two generations of realists to live in basements and pass around still lifes like Samizat. <laughs> I'm again imagining someone with like a trench coat, like, hey, you like your still lifes? I got apples, I got grapes. Got a painting of some lilies. <laughs> You like landscapes, kid? I got ten. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally, the CIA made made Jackson Pollock rich. They made D oh boy D Kooning and Rothko household names, and in doing so, they won the Cold War. Not with guns, but with abstract expressionism and rock and roll. And there's something deliciously ironic about that. The CIA fought communism by making a communist painter wealthy with capitalism. The abstract expressionist <laughs> movement meant to reject ideology and, po- ideology and politics was used as an ideological hammer for political ends. That's Today the thing. W- it, it, it's fuck it. All of it is bullshit because it's this, it's this idea of like, oh, all your opinions matter, but your opinions aren't actually fucking doing anything because they're all just on the fucking canvas. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's, We've touched on this before where, like, you need, like, a praxis. You need... Yeah, you need to actually fucking do something. Getting your ideas out with art is great, and I support it, obviously, but... It's not it's not world changing and if you're not careful it will be used against you. In the case of what we've been talking about with Spotify too where like the money gleaned from like these like indie artists going onto Spotify will give them a better opportunity to like uh uh use their power to take over more of the market. Yeah. I mean we haven't really looked into this but like I doubt Jackson Pollock was like donating any of his millions or whatever the fuck to radical groups you know yeah like fucking like rage against the machine or some bullshit like that like (laughs) no it it was just all the when when your communism is just emptied into these like little liberal circles it's just a fucking closed loop of meaningless ideology you're not changing anyone's mind you're not fucking doing anything by throwing some fucking paint on a stupid goddamn canvas and getting millions of dollars for it. You when know? he died, he had a net worth of $5 million Fuck. in 1956. Jesus. So, I don't know what that that's, is. Uh, that's... In 1950... Oh, yeah, shit. It, there was a lot of inflation in the 70s. Hold on. Favorite, favorite internet tool uh, to use <laughs> against boomers. Inflation calculator. <laughs> three, one, two, three, five million dollars. What is that worth it today? Same buying power as forty-seven million dollars. <laughs> going once, going twice, sold. <laughs> sold to the CIA in the back. <laughs> Damn, I set you up for that one real good. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, so he was worth forty-seven million dollars, folks. Um, yeah, basically. By the by, that, and that's not how much he made. That's his net worth at his death. So like, yeah, and also like houses costed like five dollars adjusted for CPI <laughs> back in the day. So a lot more of that was spending money. Um, blah, 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 blah. where were we? Uh, the abstract expressionist movement meant to reject ideology and politics was used as an ideological hammer for political ends. Today, uh, wow, in the world I, where I can't imagine how that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the thing when you. And this is the problem that we're seeing today in our politics. When you just empty the political sphere of meaningful politics, the second anyone has something to fill that void with, they're going to get power, right? Like, 
like Republicans in our modern day, all they have is this like weird cultural resentment, like getting mad at NFL players and shit. But because there's literally nothing else to grab onto, that's what a lot of people are attracted towards because it's all mm-hmm. they've got. Like this nobody is, is a, talking it's about hip, it's it's hippie fucking bullshit. This idea that you can change the world by a fucking abandoning all the 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 reams of power that you could just yeah. leave it behind and throw some stupid fucking paint on a canvas and change the world. It's so it's so fucking idiotic. And I'm yeah. I'm actually kind of glad that the CIA was behind it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it and it 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 really is like one of the big I think lessons that a lot of left groups have learned from the past. Yeah, failures yeah. is that you just you just can't. You can't retreat like that. Like, yeah, it just it just it, doesn't it, work, and you're just ceding all your power to people who are willing to take it. Because if you're just gonna if you're just gonna fucking sit in a room and you know make paintings and show it off to people, uh, the the CIA and, and reaction and capitalism at large will fund you. Like, oh, you're just hiding in your little corner screaming about us. Here's a million dollars to keep doing it. Keep going, buddy. You're doing great. You're just you're just about to overthrow us. <laughs> you got it, champ. Yeah. <laughs> so, today in a world where the threat of communism no longer looms, we'll see about that. For Cultural now, war. bitch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cultural wars. <laughs> For now, bitch! I want that as my ringtone. Um, Just as capitalism is a profound global normalcy, so is abstract art. Hotels, offices, and banks all over the world now hang abstract pieces for their diverse clientele. Perfectly inoffensive, the visual equivalent of elevator music. So many dollars, lines... You know what what wouldn't be perfectly inoffensive? And we're gonna... Hold on. Trigger warning. I'm about to venerate Stalin. <laughs> you know what is still offensive to hold up all in the any tankies fucking corporate are taken setting? All yeah, they're, they're, all the tankies are turning the podcast back on. You know what can't be hung in all those fucking corporate hotels and bullshit? Those socialist realism paintings of all the fucking hammer and sickle fucking bullshit. <laughs> I'd love to see that. They'll like walk into a bank and they just have like a giant like glory to Mother Russia, like, <laughs> realistic like Red Guard hammer and sickle painting up on the wall. Yeah, I mean, as, brave. as stupid and ultimately as as reactionary as the Americans was, like it still had a fucking all that socialist realism. Sit still had a core leftist ideology to it and did probably did more to advance leftism worldwide than any of this fucking Jackson Pollock garbage. Oh, de- oh no, 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and we're tanky again, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um... So many dollars, minds, and lives went into the proliferation of abstract expressionism, and yet for all this collective effort, there's something profoundly and individualistically American about it. We are all protagonists here. It's the American dream. When we see an abstract painting, we think the same words as when we see an American entrepreneur or when a child sees an astronaut. Something inside us says, I could do that. Yeah, that's the fucking stupid brainworm that we all have. Yeah, that's the end of the article, but I... It's interesting because this is what this is 
obviously a pro CIA, pro abstract. I would not be surprised if this article itself was somehow funded by the CIA. <laughs> you know, but like it's it's really interesting. I want to go back to the part where he was talking about like um yeah, this museum just, you know, surprise, surprise, this place where all this American art was supposed to be uh, exhibited and this, you know, this cutting edge stuff. Oh, surprise, surprise. Everyone just happened to have a hand in Latin America post-World War II and capitalism as large, you know, with the fucking, um, uh, fuck, who was it? What family was it? Sorry, with an R. The Rockefellers? Like blanking around. The Rockefellers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just happened to have, you know, on its board of chairmen be a uh, bed of reactionary thought, imperialism, and capitalism. Wow, who could have fucking guessed? And that's the thing. <laughs> all this, all this communist, su- supposedly communist abstract, you know, expressionism and all that stuff. Um, no, you, you can't actually do that. When he talks yeah. about the thing where you say, I can do that. It's it's this weird abstraction where you, you're like, well, yeah, I could splatter paint on a canvas and create, you know, geometric abstract art on a canvas. But no, you mm. can't actually do that because you can't actually be put up in a museum. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that. That's. That's, yeah. And that's that's such a great metaphor back to when he was like, when we look at entrepreneurs, it's it's almost it's the exact same idea where it's like, yeah, you can vision envision yourself like doing it, creating a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like coming up with an idea. But you couldn't do that because you could not get the capital required to actually create a business like that. And that's that is the the brain worm. That is the. The, t- the the one tier of abstraction that keeps us all in this pro-capitalist loop is that we don't actually think about ha- how any of this would actually be executed. We can just imagine ourselves doing the initial task, and that's enough for us to be like, oh, well, I could be in a museum one day, or I could own a company one day. No, you can't, because all this like weird pro-individualist and even like pseudo-leftist thought is captured by liberal capitalism yeah and internationally liberal imperialism and like the perfect example is that fucking cia funded board of directors for that museum they don't give a shit about expression they don't give a fuck about you know bringing as many artists in as they can they care about what every other capitalist cares about at the end of the day which is making a profit and the best way to make a profit is by showing something that people think that they could have a hand in or they could you know eventually one day be that person themselves giving giving people a a dump where they can put all that individualist feeling and expression into, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You're selling hopes and dreams, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> That's thoughts what and you're prayers, selling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is like, and it's kind of like the, uh, the thing he talked about where they had to like destroy this building to get a Jackson Pollock in there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like insane. they're literally willing to like, like export it. Reshape the world around them Yes Through means of capital Because they wouldn't fucking do that For any Joe Schmo off the street Yeah If if some asshole just threw You know Splatter paint on a canvas 
and walked up to a museum. It, let, let's say they even let him put his painting up in the first place. As soon as that canvas didn't fit in through the door, they'd be like, sorry, buddy. It ain't fucking <laughs> happening. <laughs> And yeah, it really is this, like, it's this very individual, and the whole point of it, right, the point of a Pollock is supposed to be, like, you see, like, the motions of the individual who made it, right? Like, it's supposed to be, like, physical motion made literal on, like, a canvas as opposed to representing... Uh, representing something larger, which is fine, mm-hmm. but then it does make sense that that is the thing that becomes this incredibly individualistic sort of like counter to like like the socialist realism that's like you need to depict yeah. something that people's lives collectively experience as opposed to you need to depict yeah. yourself in motion in the moment, like yeah. so singular and so atomized and so individualistic that it can only be captured by seeing your physical motion made literal on a canvas and i think this is like especially the pollock thing is incredibly indicative of a lot of like cultural supposedly like revolutionary things that happen in our culture where like when they happen and even nowadays you still have people who you know they see a fucking jackson pollock painting and they'll fucking scoff or you know say some bullshit reactionary stuff um when it comes out, it feels revolutionary, mainly because it's pissing everyone off, right? If something like a <laughs> like that pisses people off, you think it's you think it's revolutionary. But yeah. something like that is a perfect target for CIA funding. Because it isn't actually revolutionary. Because it doesn't have a fucking explicit message or even or even a revolutionary message at all, explicit or non-explicit. It's just something that pisses people off. And so they can fund it. You know, they can put money behind it and put it on this secret pedestal um, and not worry that capitalism or imperialism is going to be overthrown at all. You know? Yeah. It's a perfect tool for liberalism. Yes. Get people lost in thinking about things that are not going to lead to any action ever, basically. Yeah, exactly. And then stoking people's, you know, individualistic brainworm i guess to for yes. lack of a better word and again yeah. we're not arguing that like art needs to be communistic like the whole point here is that oh it's yeah not, i actually it's not am. going to fix things <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know i i, I want to go tanky and be like well you know if all art is political <laughs> and if you're not going to be creating art with like like a any sort of actual leftist or communistic or socialistic bend then um you're just creating fucking liberal bullshit you know you're just taking up aerospace but whatever it's fine i guess (laughs) i don't know i mean i have i have some different feelings on on that at large but it's just a warning to i think to leftists and people at large if if you want to just make art for art's sake it I don't know if it's as um, big of a problem now. I I don't know what the CIA is doing in the arts nowadays, but like <laughs> it has, as we've read in this article, been a tool of imperialism and capitalism in the past. And well, I think I think you kind of see that not even in the CIA stuff, but like the modern day version of that. I feel like is like when Trump was elected and everyone was like, "This is going to be so good for comedy." Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. And it and it's it's not. 
like you're like no. your art reflecting things back at you one it's always it's never going to accurately reflect what you want because they, no. it doesn't have the capability of doing that it just has the capability mm. of being like look see <laughs> yeah see and, the thing and, yeah i know parody is dead yeah and, and i think if, it exactly. always was yeah parody if, is dead if, uh, irony is dead this is a point i've harped on before but like it always was and this is just the final blow that the trump era if you want to call it that it's just proving that you can't fucking parody anything yeah you can't it has no effect it basically it only works did. if there's like it, it only works if someone has like a sense of shame or a sense of like of being like fallible or of like yeah. it, it works if you don't have a guiding ideology it only works liberal if, and conservative like, and capitalist movement for the last it's, I fuck, fuck years since its existence has been undermining the idea of of shame or fucking um, accountability on every yeah. fucking level to the point where you now have a perfectly smooth cultural project that cannot be attacked in any way other than <laughs> literally and fucking directly, which is why all this fucking bullshit hippieism expressionism doesn't fucking do anything because it doesn't actually say something we have to yeah. abandon irony we have to abandon parody and we just have to go in the fucking street and literally say destroy this shit it doesn't matter fuck it yeah because because they have the perfect defense like if you satirize donald trump all of his supporters can go so yeah so and then so and then on the other end capitalists <laughs> and that's it. And then will you're then done. sell that product back to you because it's unoffensive because nothing offends capitalism if they can make a buck they don't give a fucking damn you know <laughs> if we can make a buck we don't give a fuck we so they don't put that they on will, a shirt like it that's type a good in merch folks. <laughs> type in communism into amazon and you can scroll for literally hours and days and you will see che Guevara t-shirts and fucking <laughs> marx lenin <laughs> t-shirts and commun anarcho-communist flags you can fucking buy an anarcho-primitist flag from amazon <laughs> if you want to and i'm not even i'm that's not even beautiful. pulling i'm not even pulling the the bullshit that like, well, you're not allowed to do that. You know, if you're going to, you know, be an anarcho-primitivist and you want a flag, you have to build it out of dirt and twigs. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> fucking saying that shit. I believe in, I I always forget if it's Lenin or Trotsky said, we will hang the capitalists with the ropes that they sell us. I don't, I don't give a shit. You're not a hypocrite if you use a cell phone and you're a socialist or whatever. <laughs> but I'm just trying to say... C capitalism doesn't give a shit in what you believe in as long as they can sell it back to you. Yeah. Your salvation you know? doesn't lie there, basically. Like, exactly. Don't look for and answers this, in yeah. Amazon. Ex exactly. And that, you can and type that in communism into Amazon all day, but all it will ever spit back at you is products. It will never exactly. tell you what it means. Let me tell you. None of it's going to be free, folks. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think, I think with this... This article poses two things that we have to be careful of. The the strict Stalinism that says, oh, here are the four rules for things you need to be doing, you know. Which, which is I think obviously in, wrong. <laughs> yeah, which is obviously wrong. But I feel like today could be sold to us in a different way in like a... I don't know. I could see like a Jacobin piece coming out and being like the four things wrong with art that we need to change or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um but also the capitalist reaction of like, 
there will be boards of directors and, you know, underground government organizations trying to undermine our movements and even our cultural movements in any way they can because it's not hard and really all that money that they put into it it's nothing in the face of the US government in the face of Cointelpro or whatever the fuck they will do it because they can and so you have to be wary of that you have to be wary of the fact that like when you're creating something you have to ask can this be bought and so I think we shouldn't we shouldn't be as naive as the Soviets who did cr- kind of create something that that couldn't really be bought or sold. I mean, it can be, but n- not in the way of like we're going to put it up in like a, a hotel bathroom or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we can't stop as short as they did with creating these you know strict rules and all that shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say on this on this article? Uh, no, I, I got my, I, I'm proud of my, uh, my, it'll only ever spit back products at you. That's my, that's yeah. my sentence. Yeah. Of the, that's my good, that's my gotum of the day. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't look into it and also fuck art museums. I'm sorry, but like <laughs> that shit's liberal bullshit. I'm It's so true though. Like it, it really just does stoke our, our imaginations in really poisonous ways. And, like, I'm fine with going to an art museum, but, like, I don't know. I feel like it's always going to be better to try and consume art at, like, a, at a local level, even though that is, that can be very reactionary. Yes. Um, there, but there's always, a, there's, a, an art museum is definitionally elitist. Like. Exactly. It has to be. Yeah. Elitist and capitalist, as we've already seen. Yes. Because all those people are rich, and, yeah, none of, all these artists are well, quote unquote rich for the industry of art as it currently exists. <laughs> Damn. Well, Ethan, mm-hmm. I think, I think this has been needless noise. <laughs> this has been needless noise, folks. Thanks for listening to us scream again. Um, yeah. Destroy all your art so that the CIA can't fund it. <laughs> That's the only way you're getting out of this. Smash them. You ever, you ever look at something and like SoundCloud? Think- <laughs> what? We do have to go anarcho-primitivist. We have to destroy modernity. <laughs> we have to destroy all the art. You know what the CIA can't sell? Cave paintings. Yeah. <laughs> Cave painting is the only art I recognize. Can't take that through a French museum door. <laughs> Damn, that's true. Nah, they'd figure out a way. They'd, like, take a laser cutter and <laughs> cut, like, the wall off. Fucking bullshit ass. Anyways, this has been Needless Noise. <laughs> Follow us at no- Noise Needless. I'm yes. at Infinite underscore Socks. And I am at Dude or Astro Dude. Let Twitter consume you for data. Yeah, let, yeah. Do it to follow Delete us. Delete all your tweets or else the CIA will fund them. <laughs> the CIA will fund your tweets. Um, yeah, it's safe to assume the CIA is just funding everything at this point. <laughs> like that one, like uh, like that Russian group that just like funds just like random, like just like political movements that you never know oh, who that, they're actually. That Russian, supporting. that Russian group. Uh, you mean the Russian government? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, that one. There's that specific guy. I don't remember his fucking name. It's in hyperlocalization. Oh, yeah, Look yeah. it up, folks. Look it's it up. Just, Watch the entire two-hour documentary. I am not here to teach you about this shit. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good one, folks. All it right. See you next time. One. Yeah. <laughs>